Pastor Jessica, it is your time to shine. Well, good morning. I know I look a little different this morning, and I promise it's not this awesome cheetah print mask. Elizabeth actually told me, she's like, you don't have your glasses on. You don't quite look like Jessica today. I was like, well, feels a little weird. So we are still journeying through Matthew right now. So today's scripture is going to be Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, and 36 to 43. So if you are able, please stand as we read the word of the Lord together. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out the kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Y'all may be seated. So, as now you're getting used to me being up here once a month, I love historical context of all of our books. And if you watched my last sermon in June. Um, it was storming, so we weren't outside. You should know these answers. So I always like to tell my youth group kids, and now they're actually getting really good at being able to determine the type of book we're in, about when it was written. Um, Avery actually got when Luke was written last week. She's like, was it AD 60? I was like, yes, it was AD 60. It's like, great job. So just a couple things on the book of Matthew. So obviously, Matthew wrote the book of Matthew. Um, I think one of the important things to know about Matthew is, yes, he was an uh, apostle and disciple, but he was also a Gentile and a tax collector. So he was one of the lowest of the low, and Jesus still brought him in. And it is, one of the, it is the most Jewish-centric of the Gospels, so you'll find a lot of Jewish tradition in this book. 
So to start us out, kind of a breakdown of this parable. So the beginning is Jesus talking to the crowds as he explains, as he gives the parable. And this parable is one that he has given to the crowds, and it is about the kingdom of heaven. So as Pastor Ben did last week, he talked about the seeds in the soil. And now Jesus has moved on from talking about good soil, and now we have good soil and good seed, which produces a crop. However, among our good crop, our wheat, we also have a weed. And this weed in this parable is not just a theoretical weed. This is actually a weed with its own Wikipedia page. So we know it's a legit weed. Um, the weed is called Darnell. It is also called false wheat. It is poisonous. It looks very similar to wheat, hence its name, false wheat. But however, this weed renders the wheat useless and can potentially be harmful. So weeds are obviously common. Those who garden, you know, you have to pull your weeds constantly. However, this weed, this weed that we're talking about here, it actually infiltrates with the wheat. It blends in. It looks like one of the others, but it's not. And you can't just simply weed it out. If you do, like he says in the parable, you're going to be pulling out all of your good wheat. So, of course, um, the people of the time got this. They understood. So even when the servants asked their master, do you want us to weed this out? It was actually Roman law at the time that it was prohibited from sabotaging other people's um, crops. So they had to ask. They're like, do you want us to do this? Like, we don't know what you want. So the people at the time understood. They got it. They knew what the weed was, and they knew that you couldn't just take it out. So later back at the house that they were staying at during that time, Jesus had just his disciples, and so he explained the parable to them. So obviously, like it said, just to give us a little recap, the land or the good soil is the world. The wheat is the kingdom of God on earth or the church body. The enemy who sowed the weeds is the devil. And so now the body of the church lives among the evil that is sown by the enemy. And so if you haven't gotten it yet, we, church, are the wheat, right? And so I've really always struggled with this parable, like not understanding it, and it finally clicked for me while I was trying to write a sermon. And it seems pretty easy and straightforward. Like, we're the wheat, we're there, we're planted on good soil, we heard his word, it was cultivated in our hearts, and we just ride out our days until judgment day. It's kind of like we're there, Pastor Ben's laughing, but that's what I got. And reading this, I'm like, okay, we heard the word, we're the good seed, we're on the good soil, yeah, there's weeds, but on judgment day, like, we're the ones that get pulled out, so everything else gets burned. But what you don't realize are the weeds that were planted by the enemy were planted at the same time. They looked the same, they grew at the same time, but they weren't planted by God, and the weeds have infiltrated our lives as the kingdom it is on earth. 
so we can't just wait it out. When I go through and reread this, I'm thinking, well, okay, yeah, seems easy, right? You just kind of chill until the end, and you're good to go. But that's not exactly what he's telling us to do. So our weeds, sometimes we think of as the big sins, right? We're thinking murder, adultery, greed, like we're thinking those got to be the weeds, like the, the big stuff that God really looks down upon, the stuff that like we're judged on. But the weeds sown by the enemy also represent the hatred in our hearts, our complaining, our negativity, our disrespect, how that then flows from our hearts to our mouths, and in this day and age, from our mouths to our computers to social media. So instead of cultivating the wheat, we are allowing the weeds to infiltrate the good wheat on the good soil. And then who sees this the most but our close friends, our family, and our children? Like I said, I'm not talking about the big sins here. Um, you know, you have your seven deadly sins. We're talking about these, these weeds that are next to us, these weeds that kind of like start to mix in with our good roots, the stuff where that little bit of hatred gets in our hearts, that little bit of negativity to the point where it overflows so much that other people are now seeing it. So as most of you know, I've worked with teens for over uh, a decade now. I promise I'm not almost 30. I'm not turning 30. So if anyone is curious, my next birthday is not 30. I refuse. Yeah, this is not going to happen. Um, so I've been working with teens for over a decade, and I've worked with them from all walks of life. I've worked with them here in the church. I've worked with them at Youth for Christ. I've worked with them uh, at schools and through coaching. And so I have been able to see the infiltration of weeds at many different levels. And a lot of what happens is they pick up these weeds from their parents, and then the cycle continues. So the complaining and the negativity at home seeps into the minds of our children and our teens. And instead of them seeing us turn to God in prayer and worship during hard times, they see us turn to hatred. And during these times, it could be of a political party, of someone who doesn't agree with us, or of people committing those big sins. And sometimes you think, well, it's got to be the big stuff, right? The kids that I mostly work with at Youth for Christ, are coming from really bad home lives. And these are homes that are, it's, it's cycles, and they aren't breaking. And these weeds are in their homes, and they're not breaking. But it's also, I see it with, with good families and, and within myself, and these, these weeds, this hatred, passes on down, and then the cycle keeps going. During this, this time and throughout my decade working with teens, one reason I don't do social media anymore is because these teens are now taking the hatred they're learning at home 
and they're putting it on social media for other people to see. And they're learning this hatred, and they're learning to let these weeds overrun their lives instead of cultivating the wheat. So we call out those who are weeds in our wheat field. Right? We see those big sins, we call them out. Think you're drinking too much. Shouldn't you be at home? Shouldn't you be with your family? Shouldn't you be doing this or that? We see these big sins and we stand up on our podiums and we call people out. But isn't that us in turn being weeds? We're condemning others and then we're also then allowing those who are learning from us, our children, and even those who are dis we're discipling to do the same thing. They see what we do and they see the weeds in our lives and they think because we know God, that's okay. And so we have a choice. We can allow the weeds to infiltrate or we can cultivate the wheat. Or I guess you have a third choice. Like I said in the beginning, you can simply be apathetic and stand by and just hope for the best and just wait for judgment day. But if we want to raise godly children and then in turn see our neighborhoods turn into godly neighborhoods, we have to break past cycles and we have to stop letting the weeds poison us. Imagine what could happen if we focused more on the wheat instead of the weeds? What if we stopped focusing on, on masks and on our political positions and how much we dislike the neighbor next door with the yard sign we don't agree with? And for me, it's like focusing about whether women should be pastors. The more I focus on it, the more I argue with people, it takes away the focus from growing our kingdom. The weeds will be dealt with on judgment day, but we get to decide if we're going to allow them to poison the gospel message. So it's not a very long sermon, but one I feel very passionate about. So you get to decide whether you're wheat or a weed. And you get to decide if those weeds are entering your home if you are showing your children and your friends and family the gospel or hatred, you get to decide whether you are going to let the enemy infiltrate your life with hatred or cultivate the love that Jesus has so gracefully extended to you. And that's what we get to decide, especially in this day and age of these issues that are splitting the church. And instead of focusing on Jesus, the person who died to save us from our sins, we're arguing about things that on Judgment Day aren't going to matter. Those are the weeds. And so we get to decide whether we are going to cultivate the wheat in our lives and whether we are going to make sure that soil and those seeds are good and we're growing the kingdom or if we are going to let those weeds infiltrate and mix in with our roots and allow the hatred to boil over. And Jesus, Jesus said, let me take that hatred from you. He loved on Matthew, a tax collector who was the bottom of the bottom. He did not care about our political position. 
He didn't care about our yard signs. He reached out with grace and love. And I think it's about time the body of the church did the same. So, church, as you go about your day, in your week, in your life, are you cultivating or are you letting things infiltrate or are you just standing by and being apathetic and waiting till judgment day? So before Pastor Ben gives the benediction, I would like to pray with y'all. So dear Lord, we thank you so much for these teachings in this book that was written so many years ago that apply to us today as this book is the living word of God. And we thank you for allowing us to be able to read it, to learn from it, to love it, to see how it applies to our life. And Lord God, we pray that we can be that wheat in the field, that we can cultivate more good wheat, and that we can see the weeds seeping into our lives, and that our main focus will always be on the kingdom of God. And please let us keep your eyes on you and who you are, and the love that so poured out of you that you sent your only son to these earth to die for us. And that somehow we forget that message. That it's about you and your son and that blood spilled on that cross. And so we thank you for that and let us be a wheat field and let us cultivate goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Raise your hands if you so desire to receive the blessing of the benediction today. O oh God of Jacob, you speak in the light of day and in the dark of night when our sleeping is filled with dreams of heaven and earth. May Jacob's vision remind us to be open and watchful, ready to discover your presence in our midst. Amen. I now send you out into your communities to make Christ-like disciples. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.